Post podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in depth conversations about sex and sexuality. And today's guest, oh, very, very exciting, very exciting, is very much on brand. Uh, we're talking about kink, we're talking about switchy things, we're talking about queer things, we're talking about playful kink. All my fucking jams. <laughs> Excellent. So the adorable giggle that you are hearing through the other end of the mic is, of course, kinky content creator and also photographer, Ash. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. There's going to be a lot of giggling. I'm glad that is a topic we chose because I do that a lot. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it and all the kinky things, the context in which I do it. <laughs> I'm also a giggler, just like everywhere in life, like in regular podcasting, in scenes, when I'm topping, when I'm bottoming, like just it's all a giggle fest. So brace yourselves, listeners. (laughs) Relatable. Uh Uh-huh. Relatable. (laughs) So how I know you is because you are dating someone that is a podcast pal of mine is a Twitter pal of mine and I've gotten to know you through them like because I follow you on your Twitter and see all the kinky <laughs> lovely shit you do so I was like ooh, this would be such a lovely guest to have on oh and then all and then and then the thing that clinched then- it was you uh were an absolute all-star on the Dildorks podcast recently oh thank you <laughs> yeah it was fun um it's always fun but like the topic was particularly um fun it's the oh gosh I forget what the episode's called Kate thinks of great punny episode punny. titles but um yeah but it was about um chastity and uh how Bex and I do chastity Bex of the Dildorks um and it was really fun and hot and um he's my dominant and partner and daddy so uh yes quite relevant and a fun episode <laughs> yeah, I love that because, um, I mean, I just love to hear the two of you, um, like two partners podcasting together um, is just adorable because you can like feel the love, <laughs> you know, like it's cute. You're like, you like feel like you're witnessing like a, you know, something intimate between two partners when you podcast yeah, together. So. <laughs> so there was that. And then the subject matter was so interesting because Kate and her partner had done an episode on chastity or... I guess maybe it was probably just Bex and Kate talking. No, uh, it was maybe, it was or Kate did, and Matt. Was Matt actually yeah. on? Okay, cool. Yes, so yeah, because they Bex were... was taking a break that week. Uh, mm. So Matt and Kate did an episode themselves. That was really good. Yes, so theirs was like on um, like chastity when there's like a penis owner doing chastity. Mm-hmm. And then yours was doing chastity and orgasm, play, denial, uh, control, like when there was not a penis involved yeah. so we got to know mine are in drawers so yeah, yeah mine too i know mine are silicone mostly yeah glass sometimes good, metal good material couple, couple metal ones but yeah so chastity with with a with a vulva person is which is me is great and fun and that was a fun thing to talk about um and 
I can totally see how listening to that was like, oh, perhaps, perhaps I could talk about something on here because at that that subject matter is right up the bedpost alley too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to assume that you listened to Kate and Matt's episode before you yes. did. So were you specifically trying to make it different, trying to make it more personal? Um, well, so initially it was going to be, uh, the, <laughs> so Matt and I are buds too, and we were both texting each other about like, oh, I've been doing chastity lately. And they were like, oh, me too. And we're like, oh my God, we're both in chastity to the dildorks. Let's discuss. Um, <laughs> and we, I made a joke about like, we should do a four person dildorks episode about how the dildorks feel about having us in chastity. That's like a joke. Cause I don't think there's, uh, they don't, I don't know, four guesses, I think usually more than they usually do on that show anyway. But I was like, I don't know. You partners and they're like yeah. actually love that idea telling Kate um so we were going to do all four of us and then um that week uh oh I was actually going through some family stuff and Bex was supporting me and we were both exhausted and we were like hey maybe you two do it and we'll do it another time yeah. um so yeah I was excited to hear their episode and had been like you know talking to them and following them about it so then when we got around doing ours I re-listened to it to like a make sure we hit on some of the similar points like interest like you know how we do it why like just the kind of same structure but make sure since we didn't have kate ask for listener questions like I wanted to listen and think like, oh, what are some things people might have questions about? Which is why we talked about like polyamory while doing chastity and things. Because I was like, oh, those might be listener questions. We didn't ask for any, but we should have some that people might wonder about, even if it's not something that he and I are terribly concerned about. Because I don't know, it was not a huge discussion. But yeah, stuff like that. But stuff that is more intuitive to you, perhaps, that might confound another person kind of coming up against the same thing. Like having two dominants and being in chastity with exactly, one and one. then trying to navigate, you know, what that looks like. So that's super interesting for you to talk about. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And like, I thought like it, it seemed to mirror like some of the interesting things that I really liked hearing Matt talk about was like, oh, like logistics, like how do you pee? How's sleeping? Like, I just thought that was fascinating. I was like, those are questions I would want to know if like, that's cool. So that's why I was trying to, yeah, it was a good episode, but like, I think ours was fun. Um, and also Matt and Case was really great. So Anybody who's wondering should go check them both out. They both have Definitely. punny names. Kate's great at that. They're funny. <laughs> anyway, go find yeah. them. Yeah. If you're interested in chastity, I think that's like something that a lot of people, like me as a professional dominant, that's mm-hmm. one thing that a lot of people both asks, ask to do like, you know, virtual, being virtually locked. Mm-hmm. Um, so like an ongoing thing with me. Uh, or to like they order a custom video or something where I'm talking about chastity. Like that is a very, very popular kink that I get requested for. I'm not surprised. It's really neat. It's hot. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, okay, so if you want to hear about that, go on over the Dildorks. But we have our own set of things we want to talk right, about right, 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 right. here today. <laughs> One that I'm very interested in because mm-hmm. you are a switch. Yes. Bex is a switch. Very much so. I am a switch. These oh, things we have in common. Look at these things. <laughs> However, I, for my personal experience, what I've mostly had is I actually have not really been in relationships with other switches. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) This is also a first for me recently. It's a first for you? Okay, amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, where should we start with this conversation? Talking about DS where two switches are involved. 
Uh, I don't know. Well, so it's just funny because like uh, when when Bex and I first started dating, like, um, you know, I, I had listened to the Dildorks. Like I knew I had met him at conferences and I had listened to his show and therefore knew he was a switch um, yeah. Yeah. and uh, knew I was. And I was like and but like, you know, very bottom leaning, like he, a lot of his uh just public persona and content everything is like, ah, oh, yes, I'm a switch, but like mostly just hit me a bunch, please. So I was yep. like, okay, correct. And he's shorter than me and just cute and hot. And I was like, oh, so when we, when we ended up, uh, he asked me out and I was like, okay, I'm going to the city to go spend an evening with a uh, cute boy, cute subby boy. I mean, switchy, but like subby, right? Probably. I don't know. We'll see. And I got there and uh, I was jello. <laughs> Melted, melted. Yeah, I was just, right. I was just like, oh gosh, okay, everything you say is exactly what I'm going to do. It just kind of happened. And I don't think either of us were really, you know, we did not go into being like, who is going to be the more Mm. dominant one if we are into each other. But it just kind of happened. And he's like, oh, I'm the boss. This is is new and fun. Um, So we kind of realized we were okay, had, like, a sort of role that seemed to fit us naturally as we started dating more, but then we're like, hey, but, like, but also... I miss I miss <laughs> hitting people. I miss hitting people, and I hear you were fun to hit, so... Perhaps. <laughs> right, so we kind of realized, oh, no, this, you know, this is a good dynamic, like, yes, like, you know, I'm the daddy, I'm the boss, but also, like, we are switching. Maybe we should kind of see what that looks like. And so we did kind of tiptoe into it. We started out in a more like, ah, yes, he is in charge and he he is all he's the dominant and and the top mm-hmm. for a lot of like our kink when we first started dating. And then the first time we were like, okay, so so pet, you're going to hit me, and I'm like, great, I can do this. Good, I can hit, I can hit daddy. Sure, that sounds normal. I guess I've seen this before. I haven't. Um, so yeah, and it just worked and was fun and made sense and was great and it just uh developed further from there so i think it was it was not an intentional like okay so let us negotiate what this relationship will be like since we're both switches Mm -hmm. it was like a hmm we are you know we are switchy people we seem to kind of have a sort of default with each other that feels natural but also we like these other things so what's that look like and what it looks like is um i do a lot of submissive topping Uh, A lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So um, in our dynamic, like even when I am topping, um, he is still daddy. He's still, Mm -hmm. even if I'm doing things that he did not even directly ask me to do, even if I'm fully in charge of the scene, he's still my dominant. So a lot of it is coming from some sort of submissive headspace for me. Um, so like, yeah, our first, uh, the first scene we did at a play party way back when that was a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. A what now? I'm not familiar. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I um, forget. What is Right? That? What was, oh God, who knows when that when? was? I don't know. Oh. Jesus. Um, but yeah, the first thing we did in public at a party, um, you know, I went to the club, his local club with him, um, Tess, uh, miss it. And he was, you know, introduced me to people and everything. Oh, yeah, this is my pet and everything. Like, you know, just, you know, talking to people, kind of like parading yeah. me around. It was cute. Um, all scantily clad. Showing you and, off. Yep. Right. And he was DMing for the first half of the party because uh, he's on the board and things. Anyway. Um, and then the second half party, when he was no longer on shift, he's like, okay, come here. And we went into a room and uh, everybody who had been seeing me walk around as, 
you know, his submissive all night, yeah. saw me, okay, you can lay over there, found him a spanking bench, laid him down, and uh, yeah, wailed on him for a solid 45 minutes or so. Um, yeah. And it was lots of teasing and uh, laughing and, um, you know, he would, I, I would be like, which two things do you want to get hit with, daddy? And I'd show him and he'd pick because, you know, oh, I'm in charge, I get to pick, and then I'd be hitting him with it for a while. <laughs> and it was just great and fun. Um, and just looked a lot more different from a lot of the other scenes we'd been watching all night. Uh, because, you know, I was, I was like, kind of little and not in charge, but in charge. But in charge for that scene. Right, <laughs> In yeah. charge of facilitating and, the scene for your dominant. Right. And like the bot, like, you know, you hear a lot of people, oh, you know, no, no topping from the bottom or I don't like bossy tops or anything like that. No, my, there are bossy bottoms and like, no, my bottom is the boss. <laughs> That's the point. So, um, yeah, it was just since we don't see that often, it was just fun kind of deciding what that would look like and what that would feel like for ourselves. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. You brought up so many interesting things here while you're talking about this. Like, so first, oh, yeah. like, so first, um, the thing of like, when two kinky pink people are getting together, either, you know, you have a crush on each other and you like each other and you're attracted mm -hmm. to each other. And like, when it comes to the time for play, this idea of like, do our kinky kind of identities uh, mesh, you know, yeah. like, am I, am I a dominant and you're a subby person? Oh, great. You know, um, right. are we two switches that can kind of do both with you, with each other? Great. Like, I think that's mm -hmm. something that a lot of people wonder about when doing kinky dating, right? It's like, well, yeah. how much, how much conversation and negotiation do we front load into this to make sure that our kinky identities kind of uh, are like two, you know, puzzle pieces or, or an outlet or yeah. whatever the hell, you know, like that they fit together. So, right. I, but I think personally, the same as you, in my experiences, it's like, you just kind of intuitively fall into a thing that feels right for the both of you. Right. And then like, I don't know, like our first date, that's kind of what happened. And then after we were like, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I like this person. You're not, you're not going anywhere for a minute. Like after our second date or so, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had like two dates within a week. And then, uh, we, we did immediately get into a negotiation kind of thing because we're nerds. And also, um, I don't know, we were, while well, it was like, oh, this seems natural. Normal it was like, okay, but what do we, what do our actual interests align? Because sure, we could both be, uh, yes, this, we're switches and um, you like me more dominant, I like me more dominant, and this is fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, if we don't like any of the activities, like, then, that's yeah, different. that's another so, thing. Yeah, like on top of the layer of the power dynamics and whether those line up, then it's like, okay, what are our actual kinks that we want to do? And right. do those line so up? So I now? did his uh, yes, no, maybe list um, that the he checklist. Has. Yeah, great. I yeah, did. Yeah. I had done it. Actually, I told him, I was like, I've done this with other partners. I, it's, it's, it's funny doing it for you. Um, I've used your list for other people. For other thought, people. So. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, I filled one out for him and he filled one out and we exchanged it and talked about like some of the things that we put up really high on that list. Some of the things that were like, oh, maybe like, you know, and discussed it. And then um, like, I don't know, it was kind of 
yes, we just kind of fell into what felt natural and then we refined it and we're like, okay, but like how much of this, you know, how do you feel about blah, blah, blah. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, then refined it further. So, you know, there are some activities that like, we're both switchy, but we're not both switchy for that activity. Like I am a rope switch. Um, I bottom a lot for, I, pre-COVID, um, I was, uh, I had like two regular rope tops that I played with at least monthly, um, and had been for like, you know, six plus months or so, and like did a lot of suspension and was learning to rope top from them at the same time, the two of them. Um, and then COVID happened and I was like, golly, I missed rope. I guess I do it to myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I self-tie. You know, yeah. Right. In the beginning of the pandemic, I wasn't even seeing Bex. Like I was, we were all, you know, um, being good people and trying to stop yeah. doing things. And now we're in a little pod, so it's fine. But anyway, so yeah, I was just doing a lot of self-tying. So I gained a lot of rope top skills. So by the time I could see him again, um, I was like, so I'm going to tie you now. But yeah, but like, you know, that's not a skill that he's started to hone at all yet. He's like, I know basic ties. So I am a rope top. And he is a rope bottom, and we don't switch with that yet. Um, yeah. So, like, it was good to double just the SMB list and things like that. And negotiating further was like, okay, so w- what activities do we switch with? What don't we switch with? Things like that. Um, yeah. And, of course, over the course of dating, we've, like, learned new things like that. So that's cool. But, of course, yeah. And I think the um, all of that, definitely. And then I think on top of that, another layer of, like, how do you know that you kind of mentioned is like, well, I listen to Beck's podcast. I follow <laughs> Beck's on Twitter. Like, but that, and like, no, not everyone has a podcast, but right. also it's like, also play parties. It's like, I think we kind of see each other and get an idea of a kink, a potential kinky partner beforehand. Like, I generally right. know how how they identify, and I generally know the kinds of kinks they play with, just because of their social media or of scenes I've seen them do at parties, or I've co-topped right. with them maybe before actually started solo play. So all uh-huh. of these things are like, uh, like add on to whether or not you kind of know this might work. Right. And like, I, I, I will fully admit, I have never gone into a date with as much uh, incidental prior research on the person as I have when I, when uh, I went on my first date with Bex. I've never dated someone that I knew more about before the date. I didn't mean to. Here we are. Um, but like, uh, I don't know. I do, especially because you know, kink communities are small. Like I, you know, yeah. was a member of Philly Music Hall, um, God rest its its soul, um, before this. And so like, you know, I see a lot of the same people at the, at you know, Rope Bite or at the parties and things like exactly. that. Um, same you know, with you here in to, Toronto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you, you know, crushing on someone, it is good to consider. And I've gone into, you know, dating someone or talking to someone or something without any of that information and did have to just find it out on the fly. But yeah, I I do think it makes sense. Like, I don't know, even if I had only been to a party with Bex or so, I think the first conference I met him at, like, I I very right away found out he was a very heavy bottom. And as someone who, um, I don't know, uh, I do a lot of physical activities that involve my upper body strength. And I do like using that when I get to hit people a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So realizing I was dating someone who's a heavy bottom was like, oh, this could be fun. Yeah, this could. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's that's new. Here for that. Yes, Um, yes. You can see lots of footage of that on the internet now. It's fun. Oh, I I have. I have watched. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've watched her porn. Should I, I anyway, front load well. it? Um, 
but another <laughs> thing that you brought up that's um, interesting. Uh, ooh, I forgot it now. Okay. Oh yes, this whole mm-hmm. thing because I, this um, my audience like uh, it's kind of a general audience. I want to say I do have a lot of sex worker and um, listeners and a lot of kinky listeners, but mm-hmm. I do have a lot of listeners who maybe are just like at the kink curious point of their journey their sexy kinky journey so maybe they're not totally familiar with this idea of like of like service topping or um being a bottom uh being a sub like subby topping stuff like that so maybe you can just like give me a little bit of like a 101 uh explanation of like what that really means yeah so um a lot of people uh and it's very easy to make this you know I guess, mistake or confusion, but a lot of people um, combine dominant and top with each other um, and submissive and bottom with each other. Um, There's even like, you know, the the kind of phrases that we use like subspace like you can experience subspace when you're not being submissive when you're just bottoming like you know we we conflate the terms a lot um but uh i consider um you know the dominant to be the person who you know energetically is in charge and the submissive is a person who is um at least like energetically or emotionally or whatever um giving up control in some manner or is uh you know subservient in some way to the dominant. So those are how I categorize those things. Whereas top and bottom, I would say is a simpler thing, whereas the top is someone doing an action and the bottom is someone receiving an action. So um, like a great example of that is, uh, you know, uh, sucking a dick. Uh, A lot of people view sucking a dick, um, you know, on your knee sucking a dick, that can feel like a very, you know, subby kind of action. but the person who's sucking the dick is topping them. You're giving them head. You are you are doing an action to them. <laughs> so, you know, if someone is on their knees, you know, just giving a really great blowjob, you know, you might think, oh, look, that person is being submissive, but they're topping. Um, mm-hmm. And, so and I think the other, really... yeah, and then the other layer of that is that, like, any sexual act, any act can isn't inherently either submissive or dominant like blow a blowjob for instance like you said that can appear like I think what's mostly represented is that the person given the blowjob is submitting is submissive right yeah but that's not necessarily the case whatsoever no yeah Yeah. and so once you I don't know I think once you really separate those two ideas it's easy to see how you can do something you can do an action in any sort of submissive way, you know, mm-hmm. um, or you can do any action or even receive an action in any sort of dominant way. Um, and so once you stop conflating the two, you can really start turning a lot of dynamics on their head. And that's fun and exciting. Especially for two switches. <laughs> right. And so like, you know, when I say I do a lot of, you know, submissive topping, I already talked about impact, but like, um, you know, submissive topping with rope, it looks different than impact because um, as a rope top, I'm pretty methodical and kind of uh, almost, I don't know, I would say like kind of nurturing-ish. Like, you know, I I, I can be quite sadistic um, while rope topping, <laughs> but like I'm, <laughs> but I'm very... Uh, I don't know, attentive and um, I don't know. So doing that from a submissive place does make me feel more like I am doing this this service to my daddy. I'm giving my daddy this wonderful experience he wants 
of being, you know, tied and hugged and, you know, get spacey and everything. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I, I'm tying my daddy up because he enjoys it because he want to feel these things. And I want to, I want to create the scene for him. I want to create this experience for him. Um, is often how I feel while tying him. Um, and yeah. that is very submissive, um, even though I'm literally binding him to like a couch or something, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of my, it's interesting kind of how I view my own dominance. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of my, my topping, like even professionally, I often see it as service toppings. So like, mm -hmm. not only literally that I'm in customer service, like, like <laughs> right, I'm literally right. providing a service for a client, uh -huh. but I do in a lot of ways, like obviously depending on the client and our relationship and uh, how we kind of fit together in a lot of ways it more closely resembles something like service topping rather than actually uh, dominating the person also completely yeah. depends on the scene and the vibe of the scene right. and yeah. uh -huh. the request and all, all of that stuff. But it's kind of, of interesting just how, um, even in a professional, like I'm a professional dominatrix and I'm in a dungeon and I'm facilitating a scene for a uh -huh. submissive, how even that, um, doesn't necessarily, I'm like being the dommiest dom yeah you know in the world like it's it's there's a, a spectrum for all of that that right, I, I don't nuance. think a lot of people if, exactly there's nuance that I think a lot of people don't really um talk about a lot or or even know if you're not really a uh you're like a kink if you're not a kink like nerd you know you're not nerding yeah. out about all this stuff right right yeah and I I definitely think that's true and like I think um and I wouldn't even say that if you, if someone watched me uh, in a scene where I'm, you know, hitting someone and I'm, and I'm, and I am in a dominant role and I am in charge, I don't even know that it would necessarily look all that much different. Exactly. Like yep. from the outside. Yeah. But it's like, what's going on in your brain, you know? Right. And like, I am a giggly, I am a giggly top. Like I just, it <laughs> brings me so much glee to make someone squirm or yes. yelp or like, it's just, yes, it makes me yes, happy. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I giggle regardless. Um, but like, you know, even when I'm picking, uh, like implements, uh, between the two of us, we have a pretty large library of impact toys. Um, it's both of our favorite kink. Um, you know, I'm picking things and I'm like, I don't know if I'm picking them because I'm feeling dominant. It's a different energy when I'm picking them because I'm I'm giving my daddy, you know, the beating he wants. Or like, I know my daddy wants marks today, so I'm going to, you know, like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's a different energy. Um, and I think scenes can visually look the same and be experienced completely differently depending on the energy you're bringing to it. Definitely. Like, you're choosing an implement because you want to see the person suffer for you today. You know, right. they, they yes. you know, that's a totally different energy from then or choosing an item because my dominant wants marks today and yeah. I want to make them feel however they want to feel. You know what I mean? And I totally different vibe, totally different thing going on in your head as you're topping that scene. Right. And I think a lot of people like the word service top, I've heard that almost said in like a, Oh, well, you're more of a service top, like almost mm -hmm. like, you know, service tops aren't real tops or full yes. or you don't oh. like, oh, and I, yeah. and I don't, and I, you know, when I first got into this scene, I, I got that impression too. And like, not really understanding the nuance of how I felt about service yet at the time and things like that. I was just kind of like, well, I don't know the idea of doing a thing I'm good at because someone wants me to sounds fine. Like, I don't know why that's bad. And now I've, uh, you know, 
thought a lot about it and talked more a lot about it. And I think, honestly, there's a there's a disconnect that I think a lot of people might have about the idea that service means since you're doing it for another person, you're not doing it for yourself. Like, no, no. I'm whooping my daddy's ass because I love <laughs> beating his ass. It's, it's great ass. I love hitting. Like, it's I get great joy. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> and, you know, it's what he wants and he wants it done this way. And like, you know, it's not that I'm enjoying it less because it's something I'm doing in service to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that I would be like, well, I wouldn't be doing it this way if he didn't want it. It's, you know... Both I enjoy this activity and what's making it better is that I am doing it the way that my dominant wants me to do it. And like I am giving him an experience he wants to have. So that's just, if anything, adds a layer on to me doing an activity I already really enjoy. There you go. Yeah, just adding another kind of nuance to the experience. Yeah. A fuller experience. Exactly. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Okay, so I love that you are a giggly, a giggly dominant, a giggly top, because that is where I fucking live. <laughs> and and I'm like a like, giggly bottom too. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giggles yeah. all the time. It's just... oh, no, but actually, I, I think when I think about myself, I think I am less giggly as a bottom. Like, I'm certainly less, but I do giggle a lot as a bottom. But you're right. Uh, yeah, it's a similar experience for me. I am also less giggly. I think I'm less, I still am giggly, just like you just said, like, but I think it, I think my dominant usually is like, teasing me purposefully to make me giggle. Otherwise, (laughs) I'm not, you know what I mean? Or he's doing a thing that is making me purposefully try to make me giggle. Um, Well, I mean, if you've, if you've, have you met Bex Caputo? I think (laughs) she is someone who might you know, do those things a lot, kind of, you know, he, uh, he tends to seem to like making people laugh a little bit. So yeah. it does happen quite often in my life. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, right? Because like, again, what we more traditionally see from a dominant is that it's like that severe, strict, serious, type of big scary big scary dominant person so Mm -hmm. where maybe i'll ask you like 
Where did you realize that as a dominant, you could access this kind of playfulness? Well, it's funny because when I first got into the scene, I didn't get, I didn't start exploring kink with the idea that I was a switch. I was like, I am a bottom. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is in charge of me? Like I was fully, <laughs> um, fully like I am a bottom. Yes, correct. I'm a subby bottom. It's great. Um, so I was really comfortable in that identity. And uh, I have a close friend, actually, like I've known him since like middle school. Um, and he'd been in the scene for longer than me and like kind of like, you know, encouraged me and coaxed me out of you know, being nervous about it and things, um, and had been interested in things longer than me. So, uh, and he's, he was quite switchy and he had said for years, like, you know, once you, once you fucking turn yourself out, if you, if you have a dummy bone in your body, I would, I would submit to you. Cause he's very picky about who he subs. So he's like, I would, I would bottom for you. I would like, look, That's if you a ever, flirt. that is a hard flirt right there. Right. And it's, it was like, honestly, <laughs> we're not even, we're not remotely sexual friends. Like I, I fuck a lot of my friends. He's not one of them, but like, he is the first, uh, he let you know, he let, right. be known. Like, he let me know. <laughs> and like, you know, I was, um, I, I played with, I dated a few girls and I played with uh, other other I played with other femmes and that felt like a different energy like I don't know it felt like I was easing into um topping with other with with other femmes and I was I like did okay that too. I did yeah. That too. yeah and then I when I was finally like I want to hit a boy um, <laughs> I went to this friend and I was like so let's negotiate a scene um so yeah the first uh and I think honestly it was hitting a boy that like really made me feel comp like I don't know more rooted in my oh no I I quite enjoy this not that I enjoy hitting men or mask people more than femmes it's more that I uh a I knew this person longer and better than anyone else I played with before and b I was less terrified of hurting him which sounds bad but like it says it sounds like I didn't care or anything but like you know being a new top you're you're scared of hurting someone For and sure. I was like I don't know I know this dude I've seen I don't We're know I've seen I'm this. fine right and it wasn't that I wasn't worried but like when he said I could take more I believed him um and then realized <laughs> when he said he could take more you gave him more. right yeah, when yeah. I was like when when I was like what was that and he's like a three I was like fucking three oh. Well, okay. Fuck yeah. Okay. okay <laughs> right. Okay. Like shit. Whereas it's you know, oh three. Okay. Well, like, let's go up to a five. Okay. Like you know, I was a little more confident in like maybe giving him a little harder, more what he wanted. So that was like really fun and great. And I was like, oh, oh, so hitting people. Oh, this. Okay. <laughs> so um. um <laughs> so yeah. I. Mm, how did I get? How did I? What was your initial question? Why did I start with this? anecdote how did you how did you first like access i guess this yes. playful type of domination right yes 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 and so that was when um in that same scene along with both realizing oh i really like hitting um i just laughed a lot at his reactions like i don't know i just it was one of the first times i was like oh he's blindfolded i could trick him like you know yeah. like yeah. just silly yeah. like you I know fuck with him with, i could tease him right I could and like poke i'm kind and... of yeah, I'm kind of like that as a person. Like, I am kind of a playful, silly person. Um, I don't know. Not kind of. I am. I am a playful, <laughs> silly person. So um, the comfort and confidence that I was beginning to get uh, during this scene allowed for more of that regular part of my personality to come out. So, like, you know, it was just... And then being 
being toppy and running the scene amplifies those personality traits for me. So like, yeah, you know, you're a little devilish, you know, you're a I, little like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, one of the first times I listened, I watched uh, footage of myself topping on camera, a uh, scene that Bex <laughs> and I had recorded, um, Giggly Beatings Part 2, uh, Giggle Harder. Um, <laughs> That's um, brilliant. I watched it and I was like, I have a villain cackle? <laughs> like, like I watched it and I, you know, I had hit him and surprised him or something. He had a great reaction. And I just like bellowed out this, like this, yeah, this Maleficent cackle. And I was like, I just do that. And he's like, yes, that's how you laugh at me when you hit me. Yes. Like, it's great. That's I love it. And I was so like, oh, great. God. Yeah. So um, I think what it really was, was like coming into my own confidence. And then just kind of like after the scene, I was, you know, you know, I had my whole aftercare and like post negotiation kind of, you know, talking about the scene with my friend. And he was like, no, that was great. That was, I love like, that part. Loved and he all specifically, those yeah. And I was like, oh, it was, and he liked that. I like, he put, I like that you like you laughing at me was like great. Like I just, you know, so encouraging and I was like, you oh, right. Yeah. 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 And so then, um, I don't know, that was really bolstering for my confidence. So then the next time I was in like negotiating um, a scene where I was topping someone else at a party, I like I said, I don't know, I, I, I think I'm kind of silly and giggly. And the person got excited. Like, Great. and this was like a pickup play, you know, person like, you know, someone yeah. I met at the party and negotiated that night and was like, oh, oh, that's that sounds great. That's cute. And I was, you know, so I think a lot of a lot of the positive reinforcement from like, Oh, I think I'm kind of silly and giggly. Is that okay? And people being into that or yeah. me playing with people who are into that really made me okay with like, yeah, that's what my dominance looks like. I, I'm fucking silly, man. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I totally, totally identify with that because like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a silly, fun, giggly person with people I'm comfortable with, with people yeah. in a space where I really feel comfortable, then mm-hmm. I can be basically like go to little space, like be, just be yes. like a, a fucking giggly baby, <laughs> giggly uh-huh. ass baby, you know? Uh-huh. So I'm like that when I'm comfortable, right? So I think when, similarly, when I started to really bring playfulness into my domination was when I really started to feel that comfort place uh, Mm -hmm. with my dominance, like, you know, have confidence, had enough reps, and I started to feel comfortable doming, even strangers, even clients, even Mm -hmm. people, you know, like pick up play and stuff like that. I think when I really started to bring that in was when I really started to feel comfortable doming. So I, I feel that so hard. Like yeah. literally in sessions, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit in little space, <laughs> doming people exactly. like professionally. That uh, is where I go, and that that is my doming voice as well. Yeah, and it's like, and it's, and it's, I don't know, it's how I express that kind of joy that I get from this activity. And like, yeah. I've done scenes intentionally from little, like you know, we were we were playing like an age play kind of scene, and like that was, oh god, I think that was the last party we went to before the oh, lockdown so and everything yeah in like january or something but anyway yeah like we did a scene where um bex was uh like you know my my older brother's friend we were like you know late teens or whatever older yeah. brother's friend who like has a potty mouth and you know he <laughs> curses all the time and i bet him um that he couldn't curse for you know x amount of time um and uh in reality he curses a ton when he's bottoming like when he's taking when he's taking like that good pain um lots of lots of colorful languages right 
fucking shit. Like, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Right. So the scene we set up was um, I beat him for 80 minutes and I uh, had a swear jar. I decorated it with like stickers and colored tape and oh things and swear jar. And he had a bunch of, um, I forget how many, I think like 40 or, or something, a good number of tokens uh, wow. And every time, and we put the square jar on the table, and every time he cursed, um, he had to put something in the square jar. Uh, and Brilliant. if we got to the 80 minutes and he had coins left over, he won. And if, uh, you know, I beat all the swear words out of him, then I won, and I was in charge for this tonight, and I could parade him around and be like, look at his butt and stuff. Um, and I was really, and I wore like a little tiny, like cutesy school skirt. Like I was real silly. And like I bought a new toy um, for that night that was like a, like the first time I bought something an impact toy with intentionally making it look kind of little. It was like a cute. Uh, we like sparkly. No, Colorful. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Of, oh, it's a dog toy. Um, those big knots. <laughs> those big knots, rope <gasps> knots that big yep. dogs chew on. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. I've oh, been yeah. hit. I've been hit with one of those like the month before, and I was like, I gotta hit you with one of these. So I yeah. bought one, but I bought. Um, he loves Disney, and I bought a Mickey Mouse chew toy. Like a big rotted knot to toy. It was Mickey Mouse in, in red and black, which are my colors. And I was like, look. And I hit him with that and a bunch of other stuff. And it was really fun. And like, yes, I was I was topping from Little Space. And there was like, there were people coming in and watching and like, who'd been there for like most of the scene or would like leave and come back and be like, wait, no, 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 they're almost done. I got to see if he wins. Like they were invested because it was a play party and we were, and we are who we are. Um, and uh, that was, um, yeah. So it was just, I don't know. They're invested in the narrative of the story. I love yeah. They're like, oh, I got to see if he wins. Like That's it was, so it was funny. good. And then we're like, oh, maybe we'll do porn. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so hmm, this gives us an idea. <laughs> right, maybe uh, maybe we do this together. Maybe we do this together for for the film internet. And right, so, correct. Film. Yes, yes. 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 Uh, it's been working out pretty great so far. So yeah, yeah uh, topping from little spaces, fucking great. Uh, yeah, and the same thing. Like when I negotiate scenes, like even professionally, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm playful. That's mm-hmm. my jam. Like I can I can rein it in a bit if you need me mm-hmm. to. If you want more of like a stern kind of a vibe but i still will laugh like i can't not laugh for a scene i can't like i say i'm an actress i say i'm a chameleon but i'm like i will laugh at some point right no matter i don't know that i've ever not yeah i don't know that i've ever not laughed mid-scene i don't know i don't think it sounds fake i don't know (laughs) (laughs) sounds like fake news yeah right right and uh, for the most part i get the same thing i get like that um the client or the play partner being really cool with that and really excited about that and like oh frank oh of course laugh oh my god laugh at me i that's the best like you know laugh at yeah. me laugh with me make me laugh yes please right. and i'm like okay yeah. this is like a really really valid way to play and a it lot is. of people like it i think so too uh, i think one of our i possibly our most popular partnered video Bex and i have done is um Giggly Beatings Part One <laughs> when he get, he yeah it's it's just a forty minute scene of him hitting me and uh, it's not even a particularly heavy scene of ours at all uh, but it was just really really giggly like it was great we had a great time we were like I don't know giggly beatings that sounds good for the SEO um, or giggly mm-hmm. spankings or whatever um, and when it went up like we got a lot of feedback about it like oh my god this is so wholesome like look yes. and he's literally just beating my ass like my bare ass it's great it's hitting so... me with like a meat tenderizer and stuff but it's so it's but fun. it's so cute like yeah but like hot but cute but like also uh-huh. like 
the same thing when I was like listening to you to talk about chastity. Like I get, I feel like I'm witnessing like your love, like you're, I'm witnessing this cute, intimate moment between the two of you that seems like so special. Yeah. And it's joyful. I think that's yeah. what, because he and I both like, we watch porn together, obviously, both for like, mm, content reasons and like, cause we, porn Research purposes. Um, yeah. And like, we have our favorite, um, our favorite other sex workers that we subscribe to or like buy their content from like, you know, oh, it's not just a promote a new video. Okay. Will you buy it? And when I come over, like, and so <laughs> we like a lot of the cutesy, happy, silly porn too. Like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's fun. And it, I feel like more people love it than like, I don't know, the mainstream would idea lead you of to porn believe. and kink would lead you to, right, like I, I don't, we don't get many people being like, ew, I don't like watching them because they have so much fun with their kink and sex. Like nobody <laughs> says that I'm not about fun us. person. To my I understanding, I don't know, somebody will now, but whatever. <laughs> Now that yeah. we've put that out right, the now universe, that I put it in the I'm word, sure. somebody will be like, "Excuse me, <laughs> I'm at Delilah Darkholm, I don't like your kink; it's too fun." But you know, that's fine. That's fine. There's someone else out there for you. I promise. Fun. Yeah, trust me. There are lots of serious dominance out there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not on short supply, sir. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, love that. Um, one of the last things that we wanted to talk about today was mm-hmm. queer and non-binary photography, nude, That's sensual yes. photography. <laughs> yeah, so I you actually are also um, a photographer. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I don't know. Working with a lot of sex workers and 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 shooting with a lot of other. Uh, uh, kinky people and sex workers before I was actually in sex work myself. Okay, um, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I've been a photographer for most of my life. Uh, my mom was a photographer and I apprenticed with her for, you know, my whole teenage years. And then when I got to college, I was like, oh, I can, I know enough to do this myself. Okay. And yeah. then when I graduated, I, that's when I actually started my business, Rose Glass Photography. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, kind of started out doing the things that I did with my mom when I was younger, families and weddings and you know yeah. all this wholesome stuff uh and then Headshots. when i was like right and then i was like oh, i'm a fucking pervert and there's a place i can go for this <laughs> um i was like y'all want pictures y'all want pictures so yeah. uh i very quickly realized that my i don't know the place that i wanted to go with my photography was both you know um my community so queer people of color um kinky folks but also like um i don't know giving honest and beautiful depictions of that. Uh, you know, same with the polyamorous communities. Like I love, I have a whole part of my website that's like poly portraits. And it's like, I like, mm. I have a few shoots I've done with these happy polycules and things. And it's not just like three white people in a bed looking at their feet. Like like every other picture of polyamory you see, you know, <laughs> yeah, or like a guy with a bunch of wives. Of yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and so same thing with like, you know, kink. Like uh, one of my, one of the first rope scenes I shot was like, really wholesome and tender and I edited it in kind of like soft tones and it was like it was a cis guy bottoming for a a cis woman and like that's also something you don't see and they were both black and I was like this is I I don't see rope shoots like this I didn't you know and I was really happy to be doing that and I was like I need more of that so yeah um I've been doing that for years now and I love it and then when I actually started you know uh, got to a place in my life where I could actually contribute to the community in ways where I felt like, oh, I can actually, I, I, I will not 
jeopardize my livelihood if I put my photos of myself on the internet and things, if I can go into this avenue. Um, it just made even more sense. It just clicked more into my life and my niche. And now I have lots of people who I was like, you know, I've talked about, you know, doing collabs with who I've also shot with, like, you know, shot them before. And now I'm like, oh, you know what? We can set up a thing. We can actually like make content together and things. And so, yeah, um, I think exciting. (laughs) it is exciting. God, this pandemic. Anyway, I think uh, it is exciting. What a lot of people seem to like when they choose to work with me is that, uh, A, like a lot of things I do are intentionally different from what everybody sees, like I said. And B, I don't think a lot of people um, have access to working with photographers and things who look more like them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people who are uh, not white, people who are not cis men. Um, Because let's be honest, photography by and large, especially like erotic photography, uh um, these white cis males doing the thing mostly. Yeah. And I know some great white cis male photographers who, like, I adore and I've only heard wonderful things about and who I really admire and I'm wonderful. Uh, However, I get people not wanting to shoot with them anymore as well. Right. Or, like, just wanting something different and, like, wanting someone different, you know? So um, I find a lot of people are just... And also someone who is aware and conscious of different things. like, Like, I don't know, I had a lot of friends I've worked with so far who've never had a professional shoot before, not because they don't have the money, not because they don't want photos, but because they've always been like, oh, well, I have to go to a shoot. I have to explain like this about my gender or like, no, don't, I, I'm not trying to be beautiful in this picture. Like I'm trying, or like, I don't know if they're going to shoot me right. And I really don't want to look like, you, you know, and they're so, going to put me in makeup. They're going to, or like, they're going to like, you know, try to accentuate curves that I don't want or things like go. that. And I'm like, yep. have been there. Um, so like, you know, when I shoot with people who are not cis or even, you know, anybody who is getting this shoot for, I talk to them about their reasons. So I say for a reason, but everyone has a reason. Someone might just be, oh, I just, you know, want to shoot. I need some content or, oh, well, you know, one of my friends, when they first, we got their first binder and they were like, I really want to do a gender affirming shoot. Like this binder is important to me. Um, and since that first shoot, I've done several shoots with people who I, you know, I'm, I'm either rebranding or like, I want, I've never had a photo shoot where I felt where I was dressed the way I look like me. And like, I want to know somebody's going to shoot me that way and like recognize that. And it's been a, I feel really lucky to be able to do this sort of thing. And B it's, I don't know, it's something I want to see more people doing. And it's something that honestly, like I has helped me in my own gender feelings and, and, and growth also. It's just, I really love it. And yeah, it's even better when they're kinky so (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah just bring it all back just yeah bring it all full circle like all of Uh all of your things yeah (laughs) Uh (laughs) but then no that's such a lovely thing because as we said the representation of the photographers are usually white white cis dudes and then Mm -hmm. the representation of models are usually like very firmly in the gender binary like when we see professional boudoir type pictures Uh of feminine people they look hyper feminine when we see you know sexy pictures of like masculine people it's hyper masculine right they're shirtless and aesthetically yeah. yeah so you know it's really important work that you are showing a gender spectrum Thank as, you. as far as like, you know, visual representations of folks, super, super important. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think um, it's another thing that like, as I started putting it more on the internet, people were like, more like, wow, I love this. Like when I first put those pictures of that rope scene, like somebody on Instagram back when I could do things like that on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. uh, people were commenting and they're like, wow, this looks so tender. Like, is that, oh, is that, is that like his wife? I'm like, no, no, these are, these are two completely unrelated friends. Uh, like, like, no, this is just, you can have this much, you can have a rope scene be this with tender. the gender swapped and have it be tender and all these things like it, a scene can subvert everything that it's supposed to be and like you should be able to see that um and I love being able to do more of those things yeah the fact that like honestly I'm I'm sure that this translates through a photo the fact that the photographer really understands the nuances of kink the nuances of gender like through personal experience, like that's going to translate in a photo. <laughs> it is. I try. I certainly try. And like, obviously in 2020, I have done far fewer shoots than uh, <laughs> generally I do. Um, but the few that I have been able to do, um, you know, this past fall, like outdoor shoots was like, you know, I got to shoot um, Kate and Matt getting engaged and then married. And it was great. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, this, this, you know, this non-binary person marrying this, uh, you know, gorgeous high femme, like, it's just, you know, it, it was just fun and neat. And I was like, oh, 2020, let me do one, one thing that I miss, you know, I got to, that felt like, um, and like, you know, they are, they have their DS dynamic, like, you know, it, it was just, it was a really good intersection of like, all the things I miss about photography. And I was just like, good, I am going to get to do these things again. I am going to be able to, totally. you know, contribute to my community again this way. <laughs> one Eventually. day we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did you do some outdoor shoots? Yeah, I did. Uh, I had that um, tiny wedding and then a different tiny wedding also outdoors um, uh, with uh, two other people. And let me think, I did one more. What was the other one? I just love the phrase tiny wedding. That's like yeah, giving me little feels. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, uh, Kate and Matt's was literally like in, in a park and there was like 10 of us. Like, you know, it was really Amazing. cute tiny wedding. And the other one was like, you know, basically just immediate family. And it was like in this huge barn and like, you know, everyone had like masks that matched their clothes. It was really, you know, responsible and small and cute. And like, you know, that's why I did them. Um, but yeah. 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 Um, and uh, I had one other one planned oh yeah a rope a rope scene and shoot that I'm going to do with Bex in a little bit those are like my those are things I've done this year pretty much um and then lots of shooting with myself indoors for um you know subscribers uh which is less <laughs> fun but like you know it's uh it, it did some stuff it's cool like what kind of stuff <laughs> Um, oh, some fun stuff. I did a wax scene, um, a, a wax shoot, and I was like, oh, wax, does, like, I've had wax, I've, I've done wax scenes, I've bought a wax scene before, and I was like, where can I put wax with a little hurt? And I was like, my vulva, my pussy, let's do that. Um, and I, I shot it and took pictures of it, and it was really cool and pretty looking. That was one of the more interesting ones. Um, wow. Lots of rope scenes. My new home, my new apartment I moved, my new apartment has um, a creepy basement, and it's got, like, exposed beams, so I could get a good hard point there. So oh. I plan to start learning to suspend myself and then do some nice creepy basement suspension shoots. Yeah, um, please don't renovate. That. Yeah, please don't renovate that base basement, like, before No, it's going to stay creepy. Some... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not finishing it. It's it, we. It's the creepy basement. I'm going to put dungeon furniture down there. We have big plans. It's exciting. <laughs> Good. <Yeah>. I'm glad. <laughs> uh-huh. It's funny. My, um, I have uh, a friend, um, one who is a musician and creates, like, you know, music videos sometimes and her mm -hmm. husband um 
creates horror films and like she usually Ooh. scores his horror films so it's like this very artsy couple but they have they live in a house where they had um a very very creepy basement like the creepiest and they have shot so many like they've shot her music videos down there like they've shot uh, scenes from his horror films down there like i love it keep that basement creepy yeah no literally like we got down there and i was like oh but extra storage and also oh my god like this is the dungeon there's like like, my um... dirty mattress down there that like they've (gasps) they've made like it's a prop for a film so they've intentionally they've made it the creepiest dirty mattress like yes oh it's great yeah yeah, this new place is great because I have a separate bedroom that's like we're, we've been calling it the porn room. I'm it's not finished yet, but that's where I'm going to do all. Of, that's where I'm going to make all my content, things like that. And then we have the creepy basement. I'm like, this is the kinkiest apartment I could have asked so for. Perfect. I'm so excited. Yeah. So it's good, uh, good stuff. So fun stuff on the way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's always good to like look in times like these. It's good to look forward to things, you know, right. having stuff in the future. That we can yes. eventually do. Oh, creepy so basements important. and things. Yes. It's so important to look forward to our creepy basements. Find the creepy uh-huh. basement in your life. Look forward to it. <laughs> That's I have any advice? Yeah. <laughs> That's a tweet right there. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Do you have any, we should be wrapping up in the next couple minutes, but do you have any like mm-hmm. final words on anything that we talked about or any, anything you'd like to tack on at the end here? I don't think so. Uh, we talked about a lot of, I don't know, you just asked me about stuff I like and let me giggle about it for a while. I did, for like yeah. an hour, So I'm yeah, That was the this idea. Great. <laughs> yeah, that was, I'm pleased. This has been wonderful. We did, go, we did a good job, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we achieved yeah. our objective, which was Excellent. to have you wonderful. talk about Thank things you. that make you giggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you able to then tell the people how they can follow you, support your photography, support your kinky content, all of that good shit. Yes, absolutely. Um, I am primarily, uh, almost exclusively on Twitter nowadays, uh, for now. (laughs) Love all that. Um, So you can find me at D underscore Darkholm, uh, Delilah Darkholm. That is uh, my naked on the internet uh, name. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm naked all the time. I don't know. But yeah, follow me over there. Um, that's, uh, I, you know, you can find all my other places. You can find me naked, uh, OnlyFans, many vids, um, just those two places for now, I think. Um, and yeah, you can follow my photography at Rose Glass Photos, all one word. Um, and that's where you can see lots of my photography. I haven't tweeted much lately, but since Instagram's being nonsense, as always, I'm probably going to start tweeting more um, work, um, old work, because I don't have all that much new work from this year to tweet. But yeah, I'm going to start tweeting more there, so you can definitely check me out. Um, and my website is um, www.roseglass.pictures lovely amazing so for me same thing you know you can follow me on instagram if you want (laughs) the bedpost podcast or uh the lady pim however you know how long will those accounts be there for we don't know so what i would recommend is for you to follow me on twitter as well at the lady pim one uh we've got our youtube going uh really well right now we're in the middle of a series of the bedpost product reviews where i review uh fun funny unique sex toys with comedians so we are the bedpost sex show on youtube 
Um, our Patreon is The Bed Post Show. There's kinky content on there, solo mini episodes, and original audio erotica as well. Uh, and then, actually, the woman that I just uh, t- told Ash about that has a creepy basement, she actually <laughs> has, she does all the original music for this podcast. I believe, I oh! can't believe I didn't just say Stephanie Copeland. <laughs> anyway, her name is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. <laughs> Well, you but, know you got it in there at the end. <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I, I just realized that I could actually say her name. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, Ash, for coming on. It's been such a lovely, so lovely conversation. Me. My absolute yeah, this pleasure. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who's been listening. We'll have another fun and sexy guest here in the studio next week on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.